0: Many patients facing serious illnesses say one of the most difficult things to deal with amidst the pain and stress is a loss of control. That's because an illness like COPD, kidney disease, ALS, or cancer can make an independent person feel helpless for the first time in their lives. For Karina Barton, a fiercely independent woman in her mid-30s known by her husband, two children, and coworkers as being a hardworking and determined powerhouse, a diagnosis of colon cancer and the symptoms that followed threatened to halt her active and productive life in its tracks. One aspect was the job she loved at a convenience store.
1: I worked a lot and it was a simple job, but I was always the person when somebody called out, I was there. When somebody was sick, I was the one that covered them. I was on the go, um, pretty active, putting away trucks at work and lifting heavy things and trying to work all different shifts, that was always my priority.
0: A loving family-first woman, Karina spent her spare time at home. This included helping one of her sons, who has Asperger's, accomplish big things despite the odds.
1: For me, with the kids, I was pretty involved in my son, with him having Asperger's and being on an autistic level. I was really involved with being a um, spokesman for his disability and going into school and working with them for their IEPs and trying to help him. The child has never failed, so he has great teachers working alongside him, so being proactive with them, I think was my biggest passion was working with him to try to help him succeed and to graduate on time and to learn the best to his ability and to graduate with a high school diploma even with his disability this to teach him to overcome his obstacles. little well, did I know I would have to overcome my own obstacles.
0: This is a story about returning to your true self after serious obstacles. This is a story about regaining control. This is Karina's Palliative Care Story. When you're as independent and as strong as Karina, when you're not feeling well, you know something is wrong.
1: I was at work, and I was the type. In three years, I had not called off not one day. I was always the reliable one. And I was at work one day, and I just was getting—I kept getting severe stomach cramps for a while, aches and pains. It felt like the flu was coming on, and I had—I thought I had a flu that. February, like everybody else at work, and I covered them to take their days off, but I wouldn't take a day off. I worked the way, kept going, and then one day it just got really bad, where I started getting blurred vision, I couldn't see the screen to make orders, and I just felt ill. And me and my boss decided I should go home.
0: Before being diagnosed with colon cancer, Karina's pain and symptoms worsened to the point where it was obvious to all.
1: I was... Losing two pounds a week for months, month. I kept losing two pounds a week. I was to the point where my clothes were falling off of me and I was 98 pounds at that point. I'm an average normally 130 at most weight, but never been 98 pounds. I was maybe 104 when I was young. But since I had kids, like 130 was my average weight. So to be 98 pounds, people could tell I was sick. Um, I would turn yellow or a funny like pale color and be all clammy and you could just look at me and tell when I was sick. My coworkers would come in and say, You're having a bad day. And I was that bad.
0: Medical tests ultimately revealed cancer, but even if Karina may have been expecting the bad news, nothing could have prepared her for how it felt to be told she had cancer.
1: It was shocked because cancer runs in our family, but colon cancer I did not know of in our family, and I had Google cancer, colon cancer before, colorectal cancer. I was like, that's a, you know, 70-year-old man's disease, that's not, and I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do any of the things that are normally part of the statistics, so, you know, it's like, how could that be? I followed all the proper diet, I exercise, I'm very active, so how could I get yeah, this type of cancer.
0: Determined to keep her active life going, Karina returned to work despite her diagnosis, but she soon had to come to terms with a limited role and doing something she had never done before, slow down.
1: But I went from being a full-time employee to now only working about 14 hours a week, but I like my customers and uh, I got used to the people and I love what I do, so I have stayed there and I'm on light duty now, so I can't put away a truck now. I just run, register, and meet and greet people, but I like people, and once you wait on the same people for seven years, you kind of get used to it.
0: The colon cancer was diagnosed at stage three. The cancer had spread from her colon to her lungs. In addition to the chemotherapy, Karina was also preparing for a surgery to her lungs to remove the cancerous nodules. In the meantime, the pain and the stress were becoming too much for her to deal with she wound up in the hospital. It was at that point that doctors recognized that she could use better support to manage her symptoms. They recommended she see palliative care while also dealing with her oncologist.
2: She was a perfect candidate because she had uncontrolled symptoms, uh, she needed a lot of education, and she had very limited support, so it was perfect for her.
0: That's Amy Shives. She leads the palliative care team at Union Hospital in Elkton, Maryland. Her team provides both inpatient palliative care, which means in the hospital, as well as outpatient palliative care, which means in the home. Now, palliative care is specialized medical care for people with serious illnesses. Patients can receive it at any point in their illness, including a diagnosis. This type of care focuses on providing relief from the symptoms, pain, and stress of the illness. It helps a patient understand their disease and their treatment options, and it also helps the patient's family cope with the everyday challenges.
1: I went in and I sat with her at lunchtime. And we had a little talk, and she said, would you like to go to palliative care? And that's when I was like, what is that? And she started telling me about it, and I said, definitely, I would like to give it a try.
2: When I'm explaining palliative care to a patient, first I'll ask them if they have any symptoms that are not controlled, and they'll either say, yes, I have pain or I have shortness of breath. Um, So I'll talk about how we have an outpatient program that focuses on support services that will support symptom control such as shortness of breath or such as pain. Um, and then I talk about all the services that we provide in the outpatient uh, program, as well as I tell them, you know, that they'll have access to a social worker, they'll have access to a chaplain. Um, and then we also have alternative therapies that are free. They sat down at a
1: table, talked to me. It wasn't like a bachelor's setting. It was more like a just having a little talk one-on-one. And they talked to me about, you know, having good care and just making sure I'm taking care of myself and asking me what, how I was doing. But it wasn't just talking about my health. It was talking about my, my family and care all around.
0: After speaking with Amy, Karina understood why she was referred to palliative care and how it could help her.
1: Palliative care gives me long-term care to help prevent me from being very sick as long as possible, and to have the best quality of life and quality of care that I can get, and they've worked wonders doing it.
0: Now, as we've discussed, pain was a major cause of frustration for Karina. So how exactly does palliative care help with pain? Well, it starts with the full palliative care team, which includes doctors, nurses, social workers, chaplains, and others. Some members of the team focus solely on pain.
2: She meets with the nurse practitioner. She'll spend about 45 minutes with her, and then she'll go to um, the Healing Touch practitioner um, across the hall, and she'll spend an hour with her. So um, that the Healing Touch does help with her pain. Brenda does help manage the medications for her pain. As far as pain,
1: they are probably the only doctors who help me with pain medication. No other doctors helped me, and I'll admit, I was in severe pain last October to January. I don't know what happened, but at that few moments, I just could not bear it anymore, and they did help with pain medication, helping me get through it, and I'm not one to take that all the time. I'm not one to like taking pain medicine, so they would teach me, you know, you have to take it sometimes. You can't go through cancer without taking it at some time. And they prescribe the right one for me if I would say I don't want this one or I want to stay alert and active and be able to still do my day to day life. I don't want to be out of it on pain meds and things like that. I want to still be active. They gave me the right kind of pain meds and help work with that and it's the kind, I don't have to take it all the time. I could just take it for those couple months and then get off of it and go without it for a long
2: time. I feel that the pain management component of outpatient palliative care and inpatient palliative care is so important because we have the time to spend to, you know, kind of find out where your pain is coming from. Is your pain coming from anxiety? Um, Is it coming from depression? Just distress? Those are all the things that we can kind of pinpoint what is exacerbating your pain. Um, So we have the time to spend. The initial appointment um, could be an hour. It could be 90 minutes. um, So we prepare for that.
0: Pain is also an ongoing thing. Adapting to new challenges as a disease progresses is important. After Karina underwent her lung surgery, there were new symptoms and difficulties to deal with.
2: Right after her surgery uh, for her cancer, she had a lot of pain because she had some uh, complications with the surgery um, and some side effects uh, that aren't typical after surgery. Um, So Brenda was able to help support her through that process um, and relieve her symptoms uh, during that time, and then when her cancer um, had spread uh, to her lungs, then Brenda began to manage those symptoms as well. Um, I believe that her anxiety would also contribute to some of her symptoms as far as pain. Uh, in the beginning, she was very kind of reluctant to take pain medication, but then I think she became a little more comfortable. She was still conservative, but she was able to um, take what she needed to manage her pain.
0: With her pain constantly being managed, Karina could finally focus on her major goal of remaining active.
1: As far as staying active, they encouraged me to exercise and to walk. They are still encouraging me to exercise and walk and stay active and just take care of my health in those ways. And I think that without them, I wouldn't know what to do.
0: Knowing that there's a team that has her back inspired Karina to take small steps forward in getting her life together.
1: The first six to eight months, I was just laying on the couch, thinking I was dying of cancer, thinking I could not do anything. I was, I thought, I thought I was that that ridden patient who could not do very much. And probably the best advice I had from somebody was that the cancer program, and they said, get up off the couch. Not directly to me, but it was their advice from their own um, situation. And that motivated me to get up. Even if it was getting up to do a little chore each day, I would get up off the couch.
0: Karina says she enjoys palliative care, because they spend extra time with her and make her feel truly listened to.
1: Palliative care is great compared to a regular doctor, because my regular doctor does see me. But there's times where they only see me, like right now, every three months and I have concerns um, where I may want my port looked at or my surgery site looked at and I might have concerns and how the care will stay on top of that and see me, it was every couple weeks now that I'm doing a little bit better once a month usually, but they see me more often than a regular doctor, and they hear my needs more.
0: Because the palliative care team listens, they can then help her make adjustments that work for Karina and her family.
1: They knew I was overworked. They knew I was trying to do chemo and work and juggle being a mom and trying to do everything. And they knew it was catching up with me. So they were smart enough to have talks with me that I need to slow down. Even when I would say no, even when I said, give me a little bit more time, they worked with me on that, but they helped encourage me to slow down and that it was okay for me to not be super mom and try to do everything. I could slow down and they helped fight with me to get disability. They, I, I now work part time. I'm allowed to work under 16 hours a week, but I get partial disability. So they worked with me to where I could do that.
0: Have you ever been in pain of any sort? you know it can cause stress and anxiety as well.
1: I believe having a great team of doctors and a great social worker at the hospital who's helped me have therapists and just a great team put together to help me deal with it. I think if I was alone, it would be hard to cope and hard to manage, but they're not afraid if I make a phone call to say, okay, have you seen your counselor? If they know I'm going through a challenging moment or I'm having a hard time dealing with it, there's, I have my days where I'm grumpy or miserable and they will say to me, have you talked to your counselors or have you set up a therapist appointment? And they help me get those appointments. So I think that that helps to have somebody outside of just your family to talk to.
2: It's important to know the whole person because it's not just the patient. It's, you know, you're dealing with a human being and you're going through their cancer journey or their um, COPD journey or whatever chronic illness they have, you're going through that journey with them. And they know that they can call you um, if something comes up because they may or may not have anyone else to call. So it's important to know every, pretty much everything about them that they're willing to share because you might need it later on. You might need to grab from those things that you know.
1: I was going through a little bit of depression and I did not want depression then. I went in and cried the doctor when I was in pain and she prescribed depression then. I actually went and bought a dog and when I went in palliative care and I said, I got a dog instead. That's how I'm dealing with my depression. So the doctor was wonderful. She showed me pictures of her dog and said, "Uh, this is, you know, how I deal with things. Look. And it was great to see that they supported me, not just taking medicine. They supported me wanting to deal with my cancer in other ways but they're very supportive. They do take time out to hear you out and hear your needs and not just write a prescription, but they'll do other things for you and listen to your own personal needs. And that's what I like about palliative care. A doctor just doesn't sit down and talk to you about you wanting a dog instead of (laughs) depression meds and things like that while you're going through cancer. And for me, the dog was the best medicine I could get.
0: With her pain and stress managed, Karina finally felt in control.
1: Child's care definitely became active in my care and in my life. And they did a great job with staying on top of seeing me, making sure that I was taking care of my health. And they were wonderful.
0: After undergoing surgery and her chemotherapy, Karina is now in remission and feeling better. She's even picked up a new hobby.
1: One thing I'm going to do is making wreaths. It's my new hobby, and I make cancer wreaths, cancer ribbons for Amy Shives and a couple of people at the hospital at Christmas, little things like that, just to keep me active.
0: Karina credits palliative care with helping her be okay with doing less.
1: Palliative care has taught me to slow down, and it's okay to slow down and to see how much, even for myself, that I have learned, it's okay to slow down. I, I have to give palliative care that credit.
0: Amy says she recognizes the positive changes in Karina's life.
2: She's still in palliative care because she still needs the support. Even though she's not currently in treatment, she needs that support from Brenda. She needs that support from social work for, um, because she still continues to have anxiety about recurrence. And she still continues to have uncontrolled symptoms, latent side effects of treatment. So she still is a part of the program.
1: I listen to the
2: doctors. I listen to palliative care. I go
1: to their appointments all the time. I'm excited when I go in there. And I'll be honest, which is some days I don't want to go in there. I get sick of going to the doctors all the time. But when I walk out of there, you see a smile on my face and you think, that worked.
2: She used to call me, I would say, almost every other day. She would talk for an hour because she needed somebody to talk to. So... Now um she's come so far that I might hear from her every three weeks. She no longer struggles with the unknown, with loss of control. Um, she has she has a palliative care program that if she needs support she knows where to find it. She sees Brenda every two weeks, so she's able to check in with Brenda, the nurse practitioner. Uh she she needs me, she calls me, basically at this point. Um, so it, it's I've seen her kind of blossom into this very um, happy person because you know she's at a good place in her cancer journey.
0: To find out how you or a family member can receive palliative care, visit getpalliativecare.org.